0: Hey guys, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Free? Absolutely free. These creation tools will allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Also, I'd like to mention that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download for free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Wait, wait, wait. Where do you go? Anchor.fm to get started.
1: 5 4 3 2 1 0 All engine running. Liftoff. We have a
2: liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Power cleared. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind Or more important for the long range exploration of space. None will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. In
1: uh, Anguardi Bay, here, the Eagle has landed. That's one small step per man, one giant leap per mankind.
2: you ready to go into the rabbit hole. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Quantum theory, it is the most bizarre theory ever proposed in the history of science.
1: There are some of us who can leave our body. They're from other dimensions, they pop in and out. The affirmative task we have now is to actually um, create uh, uh, a new world order.
3: On this episode, our guest in the studio is the author of The Octopus of Global Control, a controversial and hilarious book that features the opinions of over 500 experts that expose and explain the century-long plan for world domination by the global elite. He's an entrepreneur with a marketing degree from the University of Southern California. What he brings to the table is very important. He's been on all your favorite conspiracy and an alternative news podcast. Please welcome to the show our new friend, Charlie Robinson.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the, the moon, moon landing, landing hoax. Yes. Um, you seem to know a lot about the the deal.
2: I'd like to pick your brain about I know, it. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the one conspiracy that took me like a long time to come around on. I, um, you know, I, I felt like <clears throat> like a lot of people. I'm, I'm an American. This is a great story it's great for humanity it's great for us as americans we went to this moon you think about all the people that have lived before us they've all looked up at the moon they've all wondered what it would be like to go there and to you know what's there what's going on there and, and what if we went there and all of these things and then kennedy says we're going to get there we're going to we're going to make it our mission to go and within a couple of years we're there and there's an American flag on the moon and this is crazy. Yeah. Isn't this, a, isn't it? I mean, this is the greatest accomplishment in humanity yeah. ever. And I love that. I love all of that. But unfortunately, it, the more I looked into it, the more I had developed you know a couple questions and then those questions turned into bigger questions and then that became well who who's nasa you know like what what's you know let's talk about this organization are they who they say they are are we are we getting the straight story and you know i I, by this time i was knee deep in 9-11 and all all you know knowing that the wars are bullshit and that you know we're we're the united states government says one thing and does another thing and that the media is constantly lying to us and so after i had come to this awakening about how our reality is not as it appears Mm -hmm. i have to go back and start re-examining things and one of the last things that i was that i re-examined was the moon because i think subconsciously i didn't want to I was afraid of what I might find. Yeah. I was afraid that I might it might destroy this really cool myth or this cool idea that I had or the you know that 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 humanity has done this and we've and America has done this and I, I just didn't really want to go down that path because I was afraid of what I might find. I might discover that it was all a big lie. And the more I dug into it, the more questions I had that just honestly couldn't be answered and then when you start to when you look at, at, at who NASA is and what they've been up to all these years um, you know that, that created even more questions I mean NASA it, it is no exaggeration to say that NASA was started by an occultist a Satanist and a Scientologist yeah and a Nazi
1: yeah yeah buddy
2: that's that's not a recipe for That's integrity. <laughs> that is that is that is the <laughs> the wrong organization. You know, when you start to see, you know, these days everybody's a Nazi, right? According mm-hmm. to social justice warriors, we're all a bunch of Nazis. But but back then, NASA was started by actual Nazis, yeah. and through Operation Paperclip, we, <clears throat> you know, we taken we destroyed Europe, and the only thing left to take was. The resources that were left over, and a lot of those were human resources, and so we took a lot of their scientists. Uh, Russia took some, and we took some, and that supercharged our um, space program, our missile program, and all, all these things. So you, you, so if if NASA was started by Nazis, then obviously you're not you're not getting off on the right foot as far as you know integrity. But they justified that by saying look, Nazis are not Nazis. These guys are really smart scientists. They know what they're doing. If they'd had an extra six months towards the end of World War II, man, they would have had the, they'd worked on the V1. They'd finally built the V2 and the V2 had a guidance system on it. And it was, they were starting to get that to land in London and, and blow up places before the V1 was just like an unguided bottle rocket that was would just go <laughs> in one direction and maybe it would hit and hit, Target, and maybe it wouldn't. But with the V2, they were getting a lot better with their uh, guidance systems. So, okay, so we inherit all these or steal all these scientists, and we supercharge our our rocket program. And, and and you know that's just war for you, right? There's nothing inherently negative about that. But then you know you you see that Kennedy makes the announcement in '63 that he wants to go to the moon in this decade. And which is a uh, you know hell of a goal, but uh no. no, Let me let me ask you: Is it
0: so going to the moon? Is that like was that a good idea at the time, or do you think it was just kind of like ah, it's kind of far fetched? Let's make some news. Let's.
2: I I don't. I don't know. I think it. it was like um a combination of wouldn't it be cool scientifically, and wouldn't it be cool for national pride? Yeah. And if we can actually do this, you know, we then we'll. Set ourselves apart from every other, you know, uh, nation. But yeah. also, we'll set ourselves apart from, you know, this is something that humans have never done. Mm-hmm. We, we would be accomplishing the greatest task ever. So it's, I mean, I'm in board. I'm on board with that. I think that that's a, a great idea, a great goal. Let's do it. Let's make that happen. But. When you write the type of books that I write about governments and control systems and lies and manipulation and, you know, disinformation. Well, the people that are in charge of this moon mission are the same people that are in charge of the military. They're the same people that are in charge of the media. And there's a lot of lies associated with it. So, so as a kid growing up, like most kids, you know, you watch star Wars, you think it's, you know, a cool idea, but you know, once you dig into the, you, you go beyond the surface of what, you know, the videos that you've seen on, on TV of the, of the rockets or Neil Armstrong walking on the moon and all these things. When you really start to dig into the the background of that, it leaves you with a lot of questions. And I think some of them, are cause for speculation. Some of them you can prove flat out are lies. And some of the things that they said they did, they actually did. So it's, it's a combination. It's like any good lie, right? It's yeah. like 80% truth and 20% lies. and You got to figure out where, where, where that balance is and everything. But one thing that, that always made me feel <laughs> uncomfortable about the official story was something that didn't have anything to do with the technology. It had to do with the people it had to do with the reaction of these these three astronauts neil armstrong buzz aldrin and michael collins that came back from the greatest achievement in human history and sat at that desk the three of them with their hands folded and their jaws clenched and they looked like hostages to me and i couldn't get past that That was their first press conference after coming back from the moon. There were no smiles. There was no lightheartedness. They were were serious to the point where they looked like they wanted to be anywhere else but there. And I know that that doesn't prove anything, but it made me feel like they were uncomfortable in their own skin. Yeah, and the reason why they were uncomfortable in their own skin was because they weren't being honest yeah and if they weren't being honest about it then we've got a problem and that would be something you'd have to you really got to live it out for the rest of your days you have no choice you have no choice you i'm a i've lived in vegas a long time there's a term called pot committed Mm -hmm. in poker it's when you've put so many of your chips in that you've got no other play than to put the rest of them in and just go with that hand and 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 just be a hundred percent committed.
1: Mm-hmm. There's no
2: sense backing out you're past the point of no return, <laughs> and so with these guys, you know, they looked like they were coming to the realization that their lives were going to be very different from that point on till the day they died, and they were never going to be able to talk about what really happened. Or um, inform people. And I know a lot of people will say, well, how do you get these guys to lie forever? And that's actually probably the easiest part of this. You pull them aside and you say, listen, if you talk about this, we'll murder you, your wife and kids. We'll make it look like you did it. Mm -hmm. We'll kill. Tarnish your whole name. We'll Mm -hmm. tarnish your whole name, your reputation. We'll, we'll do North Korea style where we get take out three generations. We'll make it look like a plane crash or a car accident. And these guys are were all military guys. Mm-hmm. So they know that. They know that this stuff can happen. Oh, yeah. They saw what happened to Gus Grissom. He opened his mouth about, um, about that. And they cooked his ass in the capsule. They lit him up. And um, because he was complaining that they couldn't talk between two buildings, how are we going to be able to talk on the moon? And he was dead. <laughs> so... You know, these guys knew what they were in for. I believe that Neil Armstrong had the hardest time with it um, because I think that he probably had a lot of integrity. I think Gus Grissom was scheduled to be the first guy to go on, you know, to land on the moon. But he was burned alive in the capsule in that accident when they um, sabotaged the um they his capsule to silence mm-hmm. him. So, obviously, these guys, not only did they think that they would be killed, they witnessed it happen to somebody in their group. Well, so, have, have you heard any stories of people kind of slipping in, you know, just kind of like, oh, you... Well, yeah, and my, I mean, Buzz Aldrin yeah. lately has has been on video. There's a video of him, a little girl, asking him a question saying you know, why has it been so long since we've gone back to the moon? And he says, that doesn't sound like a question a little girl asks. That sounds like a question I want answered. The answer is we, the reason why we haven't gone back to the moon is because we never went. That's he said, what he, he said. He said that? Was On this video. Uh, wow. sober, sober buzz or this was? No, he looked like he was a little buzz, drunk. Buzzing. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. He looked like he wow. had a couple cocktails, but he said that and then tried to, you know, sort of backpedal from it. it has got to eat those guys alive to have that. I couldn't imagine. Much, I would, and, of and, a lie that global. And, and and to be fair, I I mean, I can understand why Neil Armstrong became an alcoholic and why Buzz Aldrin, and all of them did. They all yeah, started you, drinking. It makes sense. I, I, I would, I would too. I would feel a tremendous amount of guilt, especially if you have some integrity and you're just like, Oh my God, and, you know, all these people are, are praising me. And so one of the things that I, I put in the book is the, the sort of the um, the the way the book is structured is that I put quotes from over 500 different people that had had some role in these important events or they had a opinion on some of these important events, and I put some quotes about the moon landing because obviously it matters. So I want to read a couple that we will, will throw you. That'll throw you off. So you've got, uh, you've got, uh, let's see. You've got, okay, you've got Michael Collins. So Michael Collins didn't walk on the moon. He was in the capsule that was orbiting and waiting for them to come up. And he says, uh, um, first of all, he he has a kind of a funny quote where he's, where this interviewer says, what were you thinking when you uh, when your colleagues were out there making cosmic history? And Michael Collins replied, I just kept reminding myself that every single component in the spacecraft was provided by the guy who submitted the cheapest tender. So <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> well, and that was, you know, obviously kind of a, a funny comment, but then the unlikable Bryant Gumble did an interview with Michael Collins on the twenty-five twenty-fifth uh, anniversary of it. And he says, Michael Collins, but for a day, how often are you reminded of your achievement? And Michael Collins says, well, if I go out back and look up at the sky and see the moon, either I can remember where I was 20 years ago, or I can pretend I've never been there. It works either way for me. Wow. What kind of comment is that, <laughs> oh, <man>. right? <laughs> that, is a, that, is a, <laughs> that is a weird one. It, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily set your mind at ease. And, and. Uh, and, and 60 Minutes had uh, Neil Armstrong on. They said, uh, you sometimes seem uncomfortable with your celebrity that you'd rather not have all this attention. And his response was, no, I just don't deserve it. Ooh. So what do they, I mean, I feel like <laughs> they spent some of their later years giving coded messages, you know, sort of like read between the lines type of things. Um, Neil Armstrong did like two interviews after he came back from the moon. Mm-hmm. That is that in and of itself is a, is an unusual response to that. I'm not saying that he has to go capitalize on it. I think Buzz Aldrin did, but Neil Armstrong doesn't have to go the moon man. <laughs> the moon man, right, exactly. Um he, I'm not saying that you have to go, you know, sell souvenir cups or anything, but to not talk about it, to not do any interviews, to be like a shut-in, and it just it just seemed incongruent with somebody that actually did it yeah and, so, and this is all just speculative this is there's nothing scientific about me, me saying all these things this is this is all just my feelings on it mm. however there are some very big problems with their official story and um and the people that are talking currently um at from nasa they're saying some things that are making it look as if we didn't go in the first place. So, um, you want more
3: light for that? to nah, i okay. It's kind of dark in our little studio.
2: Yeah, you're you're. <laughs> it's fine. So, okay, so from NASA's promotional video, it says this next-generation spacecraft will enable America to explore beyond low Earth orbit. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought America has explored beyond low Earth orbit. They're making it sound like we've never done that before. And then Kelly Smith, who's a NASA engineer, he's discussing the upcoming Orion missions. And he says, as we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the Van Allen radiation belt. How
3: do I turn that on? Uh, Squeeze the end of it right there now. Light up. There you go. Okay, cool. Uh,
2: We'll pass through the Van Allen radiation belts an area of dangerous radiation radiation like this can harm the guidance system onboard computers and other electronics on orion naturally we have to pass through this danger zone twice once up once back but orion has protection shielding will be put to the test as this vehicle cuts through waves of radiation Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. All right, I have a question. I thought we've gone through this region of space 14 times. Yeah. 7 there and 7 back. If we have to solve this radiation problem for the Van Allen radiation belts extend from about 1000 miles out to 25,000 miles out. It's just a it's a protective shield that helps to you know, keep, keep the earth, keep particles from hitting the earth and things like that. But it's like going through an x-ray machine.
1: Right.
0: I've seen pictures. It kind of looks like a, almost like the magnetic field. Exactly. It's radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Right. So we've got to go through, we've got to figure out how to do the shielding before we go through this. Well, that right there contradicts with the fact that we've gone through this and back. Not only have we gone, allegedly gone through this and back, mm-hmm. But think about the film they used on the moon missions. They took pictures on the moon, which are which was film from 1969 through 1972. And then they came back with the film. You can't take – well, we have digital cameras now. But back when we had traditional film, yeah. you couldn't put that through an X-ray machine. At the no airport, way. it would expose it all. Yeah. So they've got to go through the Van Allen radiation belt on the way there, take pictures with that film, then come back through it. And – when they asked uh, astronauts about the Van Allen radiation belt, they're like, what's that? Guys yeah. that are allegedly gone to the moon. Alan beams, like, what's that? It's the thing that you need to go through, the thing that would have turned you into a, a cancer victim well, almost they, immediately.
0: wonder if they tried to just keep that quiet so they didn't. Maybe I wouldn't tell a guy if I wanted him to go to the yeah, maybe, yeah.
2: I mean, maybe maybe they did. They would have had serious
3: side effects from that, though. They'd have all been dead. Yeah, you know, they would have all had cancer. Effect.
2: But you've got Neil Armstrong and and uh, well, Neil Armstrong, you know, died not too long ago. But Buzz Aldrin's still around. Yeah, he seems fine. He seems a little bit drunk half the time, but 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 he's not dropping dead from cancer and things like that. So we've got some problems with the the way they got there. The way they, uh, in uh, that in that audio
3: clip you showed me earlier, of the astronauts going wild. Yeah. They um they all had that same reaction to the radiation field. That uh, what radiation? field? Yeah. Uh huh. And then they start to explain it, and they're like, oh, oh yeah, oh, okay, oh yeah, yeah. that radiation yeah. field. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems shady as hell. It's just well, red for flies sure.
2: everywhere. Yeah. Um. You know. So, but on top of that, so the. All of the tapes that NASA used to record the moon mission, they had 200,000 tapes. Um, They were running out of room in their archives. So they decided that they would magnetically erase all of the tapes of the moon mission in order to save space. Of course.
3: Well, there's nothing like, weird about that. No, <laughs> not, not, not,
2: not at all. Not at
3: all. So that's like the equivalent of having your wedding video, and they're like, you know what? We sh- probably should get rid of that in case that a good movie comes on the VCR right. and we catch it.
2: Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. that's exactly it. It makes and no think, damn sense. Right. It makes no damn sense. Jeez. It's it's so you've got an organization that has siphoned off literally trillions and trillions of dollars over the last five decades, but now what they're shopping at Marshall's and yeah. Ross and cutting coupons. They're going to, yeah. they have to reuse tape, which <laughs> by the way is totally outdated. Anyway, one thing that's, that's, yeah, that's kinda, a good
3: point. It's all it, dated equipment.
2: Yeah. So they, and in, in you're NASA. You right. can't build another building to house all the tapes. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense unless it's insulting. it's insulting. It's absolutely insulting to our intelligence. Unless you're trying to cover up the fact that now, the technology exists to examine those tapes in a way that's never been done before, and you could pick through and see if it's authentic or not. Not only that, they also erased all the telemetry data from the rockets. So all that stuff is gone. And their excuses for this is... or To say that their excuses are insulting is is an understatement. It says... This is from Dick Nasker, an engineer at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. He says, I don't think anyone in the NASA organization did anything wrong. It slipped through the cracks, and nobody's happy about it. (laughs) And then the next guy, Stan Liebar, who was the designer of the lunar video camera, the one that Neil Armstrong used, he said... So, I don't believe that the tapes exist today at all. It was a hard thing to accept, but there's just an overwhelming amount of evidence that led us to believe that they just don't exist anymore, and you have to accept reality.
1: Reality? How how
0: could you get rid of one of the most, you know, iconic things in history? The
2: greatest accomplishment in human history. You've lost or you've erased over. Hmm, where have I heard that lately? Oh, I don't know. The Jeffrey Epstein stuff? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, the videos just <laughs> tend to get lost or erased or you recorded over. It's very convenient, yeah. you know. So, that right. stuff doesn't doesn't work for me. It just it yeah, just doesn't work. Here. Now, once again, does it prove anything? It does not. It doesn't prove it, but it but it creates a situation where you have to ask yourself why are we having these conversations? Why are they erasing data? Why are they, you know, losing uh, the most important thing? Why are they, uh, wh- why, are, why does NASA take the photos down off of the websites? Why did, why, what, what the hell is yeah. going on here? You know, I mean, yeah. it's a legitimate question, but but if you say something like that in front of some people, they'll look at you like you're tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists for asking logical questions that by the way, NASA can't even answer. They, they have huge problems even answering the most simple questions about things like that. So, you know, so we've got all of us tinfoil hat wearers on one side saying your story doesn't add up. You have NASA saying you have to accept reality. (laughs) And then you've got the current version of NASA saying we have to solve all these problems before we go past low earth orbit which is in direct conflict to the story they've been telling for the last 50 years, we've gone past low earth orbit and low earth orbit is like 400 miles out. I mean, it's not even really all that far. Um, So if, you know, so think about, think about Christopher Columbus, (laughs) think about the, the technology of ships. Yeah. It never think about technology of every anything, really. It never goes back it never reverses it always gets better it gets better and once somebody learned to fly then a bunch of people learned to fly and once somebody learned how to build a car then a bunch of people learned how to build a car and once yeah. once someone crossed the atlantic and discovered the new world then everybody knew they could do it but not with the moon mission we went to the moon that's a great point nobody else has ever gone back no, no other country's ever been able to get there um we've never gone back Dick Nasker says that the technology to get us back to the moon has been destroyed. Wow. Who destroyed it? Why can't it be rebuilt? He said we could rebuild it, but it would be a painful process. Well, fine. What are you doing with a trillion dollars? Build it back. Well, because they didn't build it in the first place. And I know that a lot of people (laughs) think that it would be a gigantic conspiracy to have everybody in on it. But I will tell you from secondhand experience, and that is that my grandfather lived in East Tennessee, and he worked at Oak Ridge Power Plant. And they were one of the components that was building the atomic bomb that they dropped uh, in Japan. And my grandpa was not an engineer. He He had a 10th grade education. He worked at this power plant before the war, and he continued to work there afterwards. But one of the things that they were doing was they were working on this project. They did not know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing until they showed up to work and everything was gone. Mm. They did not know what they were doing until their bosses explained to them that they had built part of the atomic bomb. He was devastated. Wow. He was not one of those people that was like, rah, rah, this is great. He felt betrayed and horrified by that. But so it, there is, it is possible to compartmentalize this information in a way so that the right hand is not talking to the left hand and that these people that are uh, up at the very, very top They have, they understand what the big plan is, but nobody else has given enough information to, to figure it all out. And I think that the guys that are sitting, you see in those videos that are sitting at, you know, in Houston, looking at the monitors and doing all that stuff, man, as far as I can tell, they're probably legitimately doing their job, whatever their job is. But their job did not put somebody on the moon. That technology, I mean, it's been 50 years
0: so, so the whole thing it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of people lying to the you know no. they just did their job they didn't know
2: they didn't know they yeah. didn't know one of the things that that never gets mentioned and you were, you want to talk about just some once again another aspect of this that doesn't prove anything but it is definitely weird is that the footage that we saw of the moon landing is not was not the footage it was not the live it was not the feed from the cameras on the moon that footage went somewhere then what we saw was that they pulled a camera and pointed a camera at a television monitor that was playing the footage and recorded that so what we saw was a recording of a recording think of it like think of it like if you're gonna if you're nbc and you've got the super bowl Mm -hmm. and instead of it you having your cameras pumping that straight to the network your cameras pumped it straight to a gigantic TV. And then in front of that TV, you wheeled, a, wheeled up a big camera and filmed the TV yeah. playing the Super Bowl. Okay. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. It deteriorates the quality. Mm-hmm. But that is what NASA did. What we saw was a video of a video. And so it just it's one of those things where it's like, once again, doesn't mean, doesn't prove anything. It's just an unusual step that they took. So were they trying to intentionally give it a grainier quality? Maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Th- these are some things that I don't have answers to, but I think it's worthwhile to bring it up that that the the most important event in human history, you're gonna intentionally degrade the quality for some reason. I, I so bizarre. It's and really it's bizarre. Too many
3: red flags. It's so
2: too many, and it's just one of these things where it's like, is there a smoking gun? Not real not really but it's like just a mountain of circumstantial evidence that piles up and i think some people can can say oh well until i hear one of the astronauts come out and say it was faked or the head of nasa say it was faked then i'm not gonna not gonna believe it okay and i can i can i can understand that i mean it's because once you feel that the moon landing is a lie then you realize that nothing is off limits and that if they're willing to lie about that they're willing to lie about anything and that geez you know what else did we lie about did we lie about vietnam yes we li- <laughs> lied about the the gulf of tonkin incident do we lie about 9 11 yes Did we lie about the first Gulf War? yes i mean so this is a you also have to if you look at it like a court of law you've got a witness on the witness stand and you start digging into their credibility, witness being the United States government, and their credibility is awful. They have (laughs) a lot of problems. (laughs) They have lied about all kinds (laughs) of shit. And so, you know, so what? They lied about all the wars. They lie about the Federal Reserve. They lie about, you know, the media lies to you. But they're telling the truth about the most important event, the moon landing, but now they can't go back and have never been able to go back. Oh, but we're going to Mars. We're going to Mars. Really? We're going to Mars? And it's crazy
0: because it's not like it's trying to, like, conceal like a bunch of murders or like anything like
2: it's so wild what
1: do you think
0: they're getting out of
1: it i don't know
2: i don't what does your gut tell you my gut tells me that they that they that they put this on as a way of generating a tremendous amount of support for the military for the you know nasa in general uh to to pump up the american people to feel this sense of pride um and that. that maybe they didn't think that much like Neil Armstrong, who comes back and sits in front of that press conferences and realizes I am now married to this lie for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. The United States government is married to this lie for the rest of its existence as well. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of countries out there that do not believe us. <laughs> and one of them is Denmark. And the reason why they don't believe us is because Neil Armstrong gave the uh, museum a danish museum a moon rock and just for fun 30 years or so afterwards i think it was 99 or something somewhere around there the museum was renovating and so they moved a bunch of the exhibits around and they decided to test that moon rock and they found out it was petrified wood
0: wow really
2: yeah so they and they laughed and they said well you know it makes for a good story so we'll keep it but that's supposed to be from the moon and that's a lie. <laughs> wow. And once again, does that prove it doesn't prove anything. It's just one more piece. Yeah. Devil's of circumstance. advocate could say that they did it as an insult or, it was... or, or that moon rocks are so valuable. We're not yeah. really going to give the Spanish museum. I can, you right. know, that's as far as I'm but concerned, that's the all least the compelling a, a bit of evidence, but right. it's just one of those things that just kind of adds up to it. But um, so started by Nazis, Scientologists and occultists, that is, Uh, Jack Parsons and uh, L. Ron Hubbard and those guys in the Suicide Squad that were building rockets in Pasadena. They found a jet propulsion laboratory. Um, Those guys were into all kinds of crazy stuff. They were best friends with Aleister Crowley. There's a satanic component to it. When you start to look into NASA's backgrounds, all their logos, their logos have tons of satanic imagery in them. Uh, That's kind of where
3: I come from with it. I think everything comes down to good versus evil. Yeah. Every theory kind of all ties back into that. Yeah. Yeah, it's evil it, versus everything else that's going in
2: on in the in in the symbols. The people. Mm. So first of all, there's there's one more thing I think might be important, and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to disparage Freemasons, but every single person that is alleged to have walked on the moon is a Freemason.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just one more. Piece Chew of on that things. for a minute. Yeah, we're gonna go uh,
3: on a quick break, real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, didn't want to stop that machine, Charlie Robinson. He's, got, he's on a roll here. <laughs> But uh, uh, JP is kind of a skeptic on this subject, too, so it's kind of exciting. He's learning a lot of stuff, and our goal is to convince him. Yeah,
0: I think they're so far so
3: good. Well, I mean,
2: it's, it's – it's like I said, it's the one conspiracy that I didn't want to be- believe was fake. I, I didn't. I don't want to. I still don't want to. I like the idea that we went. I like all that stuff. And I'll tell you what. I, I have a bit of a conflict um, because – I, on the one hand, I don't believe NASA, I don't believe anything they say. They, the acronym NASA has, has jokingly stood for never a straight answer for quite a while. Um, I've never heard that. That's good. Oh, God. There's, <laughs> you know, they just have a problem with their credibility. Um, but, so I don't think that NASA is to be trusted. And I don't, I don't like anything that they've done. And I don't believe them when they, I wouldn't believe NASA if they told me what the weather was going to be for the, for the next week. <laughs> but then here's where I I contradict myself a little bit. And that is that I do believe we have a secret space program. And that sounds crazy when you say, I don't think we went to the moon. And then in the same breath, you're saying, I think we have a secret space program. And I've described it like this as far as, um, as far as, uh, like putting it back to like the the pilgrim, you know, using that the pilgrims thing, right? So, which is a, a hilarious story that we're told in school, anyway. But so Christopher Columbus comes and discovers the New World. Let's just say, right? He, he washes up on the shore, and um it, and it, let's just say everybody on the boat is dead. Nobody mm-hmm. made the trip from England. Everybody died. The boat just washes up on shore. The Indians find this boat they climb on board they find this long wooden thing with a trigger on it they pull the trigger out of that out of the barrel of this weird thing a projectile flies across the air hits a horse the horse drops dead and dies Mm -hmm. they have discovered a gun the boomstick the boomstick boomstick. right (laughs) those indians then have a decision to make they can take that technology and show everybody in their tribe what they've found and use it however they choose, or they can not mention it to anybody, hold on to this technology, and use it to rule over everybody else secretly. Yeah, And I think that that is what happened in the United States or in the world. But I think that we have found technology that is advanced. We've reverse engineered it, played around with it, like, like alien stuff? Like alien stuff. Ooh. I think that. I can't prove it, obviously. That was actually
3: gonna be a lead up question. Yeah. I was about to write it down. I, <laughs> so I do think you, you do believe them there's an alien? Type? I do,
2: and I'll tell you, I got a I got a I got a good area 51 story for you. I moments. love those. I'm um, ready. <laughs> so so this didn't happen to me. It happened to a guy that I know. So in 90, it's either 95 or 96. I know this photographer in LA. And, and I had, uh, I'd met with him and I needed, I said, well, we had done some pictures and I said, I'm going to come back and pick up those pictures from you. When were they going to be done? In two weeks? He goes, yeah, yeah, they'll be back done in two weeks. He said, I got, I'll be back from this project I have in two weeks. I'm like, what project? And he says, oh, you're going to like this. And he says, I got hired by the air force. He goes, I got a call from a guy who's like a Colonel in the air force who said, I need to hire you for this project to take pictures at a base. Are you available to do that? And he says, yes. And he said, all right, well, you know, talk to him, I guess, about the details or whatever. I'll, We'll get you on this day at this time, whatever. And then he ended it by saying, this phone call never happened, and there will be no record of it on your phone bill It hung up. And he's like, oh, he's like, okay, you know. And, this, and just to paint the picture of, of who this photographer is, he was probably in his early 60s, late 50s, kind of looked like a hippie guy. Maybe like he was into the Grateful Dead or something. But he's, he's a photographer. There's a million of them in L.A. He's one of them. Good guy. Decent guy. Nothing inherently fishy about him. And so he's telling me about this. And I go, can I ask a really obvious question? Why does the air the Air Force doesn't have photographers? Like they can build airplanes and fly, you know, fly around the world and do all this stuff they need to bring in a photographer like yeah. why and he goes i was thinking the same thing but he's like you know what it pays well and um i'm gonna do it fine you know whatever cool i'm like all right good good have fun and I didn't, it, I didn't think it i didn't think i didn't think anything of it and about two weeks later i call over and this guy you know i said hey are my pictures ready he said yeah 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 they're done you you want to come over? I said, I'll come, I'll come like later this afternoon. That's good. And I go, Oh, Hey, by the way, how'd that thing go at area 51? He was going to area 51 to shoot the pictures. And he goes, I can't talk about that. And he hung up on me. I was like, damn. So, all right. So I show wow. up at his place a couple hours later and his wife is there. He has his own photo studio. And I, I walk into her, I'm into her first. And I said, Hey, what the hell is going on? He was all crazy when I talked. She goes, he's all freaked out since he came back. I go, well, like what? She's he. She goes, he'll have to tell you. So he gives me my pictures and I said, I'm like, what's going on? Like, tell me the story. Yeah. And he goes, we can't talk here. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So he goes, let's go out in the parking lot. So he took me out in the parking lot and he proceeds to tell me the story of what he did at Area 51. And just, I mean, I just can't express how honestly freaked out he was. He was super paranoid. He was looking over his shoulders. We were standing by a dumpster, you know, like we walked far away from his building over to a dumpster so he could tell me the story. He goes, okay, so I go there and I've got my camera and this is 95, so or 95 or 96. So it's still back in the film days. And he said, so what they want me to do is they want me to shoot pictures of these things, you know, the like these aircraft in these hangars he says it's the biggest airplane hangar i've ever seen in my life like bigger than anything you could possibly imagine like the doors are open and and he said you know you take pictures of things and i, I had a guard with me at all times and when i was done i would take pictures with my camera and when it was done the roll was done i would hand the camera to the guard the guard would open it up take the film out reload a new uh put a new roll of film in there close it up hand the camera back to me so he says at no time did i ever Touch or control the film uh, at all. Right. I said okay. And I said well, so. What'd you see? Did you see Alien? You know, I'm kind of joking. Like, hey, did you see aliens? He goes no. What I did see <clears throat> was this thing that they called the Acorn, and I, and he said it's about the size of a Volkswagen Bug. And he said, have you ever been to the fair? And they have those gyroscope type things that are like three three circles yeah. inside, and you yeah. climb in and you sort of kind of spread eagle, you're grabbing in different. Portions, and they start to flip you and you flip over and then it flips over sideways. And then, you, fl- you know, and it's just kind of going and going and going. The dizzy maker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The things that make you really dizzy at the carnival. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He says, all right. So he goes, so they they wheel this thing out that is the size of a Volkswagen bug. And it's connected. There's like an arm that's kind of holding it upright. And he said, it looks like a, they call it the acorn. It looks kind of like a big walnut or something. And said so they push it out into the tarmac where it's open air. And he said, There's a guy that's controlling it who's on like a scissor lift and he's got like controllers in front of him and he's he's controlling it. And so they turn it on and these rings start to start to spin. And at the time the movie Contact hadn't come out. But after hearing this, if you've seen the movie Contact, You'll know what I'm talking about because the thing that they build does that. It has these things that spin, 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 like spin really fast. So he says that this thing, you know, they cranked it up and it started spinning. And he said that, you know, it wasn't making any noise, but the thing was just spinning, spinning. And then they release, they do something that releases the arm mechanism. And this thing is spinning and spins faster and faster. He's like, I can tell it's spinning faster. But it's not making any noise when it's spinning. And he really? said, it's it's like 30 yards in front of us, and we're just standing there watching. I've got my camera and I'm taking pictures. He goes, and it starts to go up in the air. Wow. It's just floating up in the air. And he's and he's watching it. And he's watching it. And he says, it gets to be, you know, hundred yards or so above him. And he can tell that it's spinning faster and faster. And he goes, and it just disappears. Oh. Wow. Holy shit. And then and he goes, and I'm looking around like at everybody, like, where am I supposed to look for it? And he goes, and then you could see it way over there. Boom! It just appeared out of nowhere. And he said to me, he goes, and that's the time that I thought that I wasn't gonna walk out of there alive. Yeah. And I went, holy shit! He like, I said, he goes, they call it the acorn. I didn't realize until I'm kind of surprised they let him out. I am too. <laughs> I, I am did, too. He probably was... just kind of, you know. <laughs> He's he's like one of those guys that gets abducted, you know, and comes back. They're like, "I will let him (laughs) out," and nobody would believe him anyway. Um, And and I looked, you know, years later, like ten years, fifteen years later, I was reading up about the Nazi bell and the Nazi bell they called the Dirk Glocken, and that the nickname for that was the acorn really yes holy and shit. i was like holy shit
3: shared that with me i had never heard of that i had never heard of it either
2: and then i saw pictures of it and they call it, well, the the american term for it is the nazi bell but um they called it the jerk lock and the nickname was the acorn and i don't know if that was that what he saw but he might he, that might have been what he saw but Uh, I the only reason why I believe the story well I mean there's a couple reasons why I believe the story first of all he has he had no reason to lie to me I wasn't writing books but I was like 23 or something and um he we were just having a normal conversation about it I had no reason to believe he was lying and the fact that he was like shaking while he was telling me the story made me feel like even more confident that he wasn't that's crazy. I, mean, I can't yeah. prove it, obviously, and it's secondhand yeah. information. But that's that's the only area 51 story I have. Well, that's not true. I have a second one. That is, that my old boss used to work on the Janet Airline, which is the flight that goes from McCarran in Las Vegas out to the base and back. You can yeah. see those all the time. Those, mm-hmm. um, she was a flight attendant on that, and she said that while they were on the ground at uh, at Area 51. She saw a B 2 bomber. This was in the early 90s or late 80s. I think it was the late 80s. Um, she saw a B 2 bomber crash. Really? And it showered. It, it took a big divot out of the runway and showered their plane and everybody. She was, you know, had the door open and the. You know those wheeled ramps that they used to have. Now you just Mm -hmm. walk right in the terminal Mm -hmm. in airports. But they used to have those big, those big staircases that they would wheel up. She was standing at the top of one of those in this gigantic plane. She could see it coming. She could see it crash, and she jumped back in the plane because she was standing right at the door. And she said that the plane just everything around it just got showered with parts and things. And she was and they said to her, "Call your baby." You know, said to everybody that was on that flight. Everybody, I guess, that was in the base. Call your babysitter, tell them you're not going to be home for three days till we get the runway fixed. Wow. Holy shit. Get everything, or, you know, debrief, whatever right. they had to do. She stuff. stayed out there for three Erase days? everybody's yeah, yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah wow. she had, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look sit at sit still. Look at, sit still and look at this pen. Go ahead, and, yeah, look right here and... So, so I think that you know. So on the one hand, we've got this moon story that I don't buy, and on the other hand, I believe there's a secret space program. So I've got some conflicts here. You know, I admit. Yeah, that's that I where have I'm some, torn too. I've got some. I've got some conflicts because, um, you know, I do. Uh, aliens? Do we? Are they military abductions? Could be. Probably. There's got to be some of those. Are they real abductions? I have a. Um, I'll tell you. This is the. This is the only alien story i have and this once again is a secondhand story but but it it's a uh there's a husband and wife that were used to be related to me they were my ex-wife's uh aunt and uncle and they're professionals they're you know in at that time Mm -hmm. they told this story this was a little over 10 years ago they were in their 50s they're real estate people you know like not crack smoking maniacs, but like professional people that are running like real estate development companies and everything. The wife is a little quirky and, but the husband is like a straight, look like Mike Pence, you know, like a real straight laced looking guy. Right. And so the wife is talking about how her entire life, and this is over, this is after dinner, after wine and everything. And they're talking, it's just me, my ex-wife and these two. And she's talking about how she's always had um, aliens involved in her life, you know, and I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever, Ooh. you know, as a kid, you know, <laughs> yeah. as a kid, the sort of her family had always had experiences and things like that. And I don't really take I don't really, you know, make too much of that. Uh, but she said, yeah, she said from time to time, you know, she's had experiences where they would show up. Uh, you know, she would see them. And I go, well, I go, okay, well, yeah. let me like paint this picture a little bit more. And yeah. She says, all right. She goes, so the last time I had any interaction with them was not that long ago. We were home, which was, I think they were talking about their house in Marina del Rey. Um, she woke up in the middle of the night with one of the little grays standing at the foot of her bed. Okay. Wow. And I was like, okay. And I say to the husband, what do you, what do you think of all this? Yeah, you know, kind of like, yeah. like he, you, you seem like the voice of, she's a little <laughs> a little quirky, but you seem like the voice of reason. What's really what you, going on here? <laughs> what, 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 what do you think of all this stuff? He said, I was there next to her and it touched my foot. Have you seen it? Yeah. Wow. He, he said, it touched my foot and I felt like I was having a heart attack. I couldn't move. And I just was stunned, speechless, but like paralyzed from oh, it. Shit. And I was like, wait a second. Now, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was expecting him yeah. to go, oh, she's a little crazy. She yeah. too much weed or <laughs> whatever. But, you know, I was <laughs> expecting you a variety kitchen. of answers. <laughs> I was not expecting. I saw it too. The thing touched me, and I felt like he said what his exact words were. I've never had a heart attack before, but yeah. I imagine it, that's what it feels like when you're having a heart attack. And I was like, holy cow. shit. And that was
3: from, like, fear or something? That
2: was from it touching his foot Just and contact. doing something to him wow. that put him in a state where he couldn't move. And 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 I'm telling you that if these guys, if this had been, like, you know, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, I would have been like, yeah, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Is it, but so this guy is, like, like yeah. white. Republican, super wealthy, not airy fairy, none of that man. stuff, man. Just, wow. just a straight laced. No, no, none. <laughs> He's wow. just a straight laced guy. And for him to say that, like, we spent the next week, like, tripping out, like, oh, oh shit, yeah. can you believe that story? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, and so. so do I, they
3: have any memory of it getting in there or out or? No.
2: No, so but okay. she wasn't, she wasn't terribly afraid of it because she, like she said, I'd had interactions with these sorts of things my entire life as a, from a childhood. I so, hear that often. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so, so I don't, I don't ne- I've never done that. I've never seen anything like that. I've never had a UFO. I've never seen a UFO. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, it would be interesting. I'd be open to it. I'd probably be very nervous too, but... So I don't have any first-hand stories. I just have second-hand stories, which I know don't really cut it. But hey, still interesting. you know, it's like still it. it's still something. You know, yeah. it's still something interesting. And and so, you know, I don't That's I don't crazy. have the my take's
3: know. always been that kind of stuff that people lean towards aliens. I think it's more of like demon type things, something because mm-hmm. it all goes back to my theory on everything being good versus evil type shit. I think yeah. a lot of
0: so you evil think aliens, energy. Are
3: evil. aliens are evil? I don't know if all if aliens are real and there's they're all out there. I mean shit, there could be in all different types of them. There could be different species that are nice, some are passive, some are complete idiots yeah. just wander here and then they get stuck and then they're hostages and I think uh that can get mixed with i tell you what, man. I've done, enough,
2: I've done enough mushrooms and DMT yeah. and ayahuasca <laughs> to know to know that there is a world beyond our eyes, you know. There's there is something more out there. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, It's as, it's as, it's as real as us sitting here, you know, to have, to have these experiences when you're on these psychedelic drugs, you, you, you just come to realize that if you're, if you're judging what's, what is real by what you can see and hear, then you are selling yourself short because there's so much that we can't see and can't hear. I mean, we're, you know, we yeah. can only see visible light. We can't see ultraviolet. We can't see, we can't hear certain tones. We, oh, hell, we have dog whistles that yeah. we can't hear. I mean, yeah. we already
3: know. Yeah, supposedly we, kids can hear frequencies that we can't hear as adults. And
2: too. kids tend to have interactions with, uh, if, if a kid, you know, if someone's going to have an interaction with somebody that's, passed on Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's kids that do that because they don't have that
0: shit freaks me out it freaks me out too the only ghost i've ever seen i've seen as a kid
2: really yeah yeah and part of it it might be that you know you're 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 not molded into what is real and what isn't real as you get older you get told this is how things are Or, or maybe you just experience it and you learn that uh, some things are the way they it's are. Just your
0: neighbor being are. a creep.
2: No, it it seems <laughs> super real. But now that I'm adult,
0: I try to convince myself that it wasn't. Uh, that that. Was, I don't believe in ghosts. That was definitely Larry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and
2: that's another thing too. It's like there's self-policing. There's policing from your friends and family that you're like, oh, well, it seems. Mm-hmm. Everybody's scared
3: to step out of that box too. Yeah, then you get the fingers pointed at you. This For sure, and
2: nobody not, likes that, and that's that's no fun. And and like I said, I haven't had any firsthand experience with any of this stuff. But I'm I'm, I'm open to it. I'm interested in it. I, I have had had situations, um, on hallucinogens where you, you feel like you have superpowers. Like I could hear conversations that people were having in another room in the house that under normal circumstances, I would never be able to hear, but I could hear it clear as day. And I'm like, okay, so if my ears can do that now, why can't I do that all the time? You know, why that's can't so I crazy. That?
3: that stuff fascinates me. I, I've cr- never really dabbled with drugs much. I've uh, yeah. only done marijuana. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with DMT and yeah, acid insurance. Well, I
2: finally stuff. got a chance to do um ayahuasca and DMT at Anarcapulco last year. They had brought in shaman, and um, Wh- which one's more intense?
3: You well, uh, you talked about that with Sam uh, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, 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 it yeah. was very interesting. Yeah,
2: show. um, well. I think the ayahuasca, I couldn't, the second cup that I took, I couldn't hold it down. I wound up throwing up uh, like five uh, minutes later. Yeah, I heard that's common. That yeah. I long, mean, long. at the first time, I, I threw up all night long. For, wow. And we were, we were out of, we started at nine o'clock at night and I walked out of there at six in the morning. And we threw, I, you know, I threw up all night long, which is part of the 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 process but the second cup I just it didn't even really have time to sort of activate so I think that maybe if that had stayed down I might have had a more intense trip the DMT session was not it wasn't you know it wasn't geometric patterns made out of love like Rogan talks about I didn't do that I didn't do the smokable kind I did the kind that was like the shaman had it as powder form and Mm -hmm. they load it into this thing and stick it up your nose and then blow up your oh, nose. So they damn. blow it up your nose. That's so intense. it's like, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't, it was not like a 10 minute thing. This was more like a 30 minute thing. Yeah. So it was a little bit more five MEO DMT, which is a different type of DMT. Um, and what I had was just, a an overwhelming feeling. Like I was sitting in a chair watching a projector movie projecting on the screen some clips from my life kind of like that movie defending your life but like an old rat you know rickety projector sort of projecting like a a a faded image of it yeah and it was so real and trippy um but it wasn't i didn't get machine elves like Terrence mckenna talks about i didn't see all the geometric patterns i didn't have that dmt spirit molecule you know all the ones all the conversations they have in that movie i didn't have anything anything like that it was very different it was more it was more ayahuasca ish than 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 as than dmt that i expected but but uh you know you can it's not like the ayahuasca session you're not like out of your mind you're you're Able to function when you have to go to the bathroom, you stand up, you walk out the door, you walk down this hallway to where the bathrooms are. You could totally function. Yeah. I mean, could you, might you, look a little could you
3: write with that too? You think you? I could probably write. It'd be interesting to see what kind of shit you write. Yeah. Yeah. But they,
2: they, the way they had the session set up was um, very controlled. There's like 40 of us. They'd taken a conference room and moved everything out in the center. They set up this big shrine with like, uh, you know, like rugs and then like. Uh, candles a million candles and they were burning sage and they had these musicians playing and you weren't allowed to talk to each other Mm -hmm. although a couple of us were kind of chatting early on uh before it started um we were we're chatting about like hey i wonder what it's going to be like and then while it was happening we would see each other uh sitting outside we could go outside and sit on this couch and i'd sit on the couch and see like one of the guys i'd been chatting with and i Give him a thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up. So you're fine. Like your motor skills. It's not like being drunk at all. What
3: do you do if he gives you a thumbs down?
2: Then, <laughs> then, like, then you. Yeah, well, there was a lot of that. I mean, there was a lot of people that were that were. Um, Charlie, I fucked up. I fucked up. But you, it was sort of like eject, you eject. felt like when I would walk out of the 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 room, which was dark except for a bunch of candles. Uh, and everyone's laying down on these these mats, you know, and, and had pillows. And we were just all chilling up. When I would walk from there outside, which is where you had to go to get to the uh, the bathroom, it felt like someone had a disco ball with a flashlight that sh- was shining on it. And they were swinging it around. Because all mm. the light, light was like going from the floor up the walls up to the ceiling and then back down. This is just oh, when I was outside. Wild. It was kind of spinning around. But it wasn't spinning where you would feel sick or anything like, it was oh. just you're just like whoa this is crazy and then you'd go to the bathroom take a piss and you're like this feels weird and then you'd come back and then it, the guy would say you want to drink some more and i was like oh i don't know about that And you drink some more and then and the throwing yeah. up would start again and then and they would have all this aggressive chanting and you're like oh my god like the chant this guy would start chanting and it was honestly the guy freaking people out oh, you know bet. so once the chanting started yeah, that's sober, <laughs> i'd start throwing up and then the guy next to me would and then the lady on the, on the side there was like 40 of us in this room and and they, we all had these buckets you know it was really weird and then the chanting would stop and then the music would start and these women were like sort of singing these crazy chants and that the the shaman were like straight out of the jungle they were so yeah. straight out of the jungle that they didn't even speak spanish and they were in that we were in mexico <laughs> so they were like wow. these guys were like hardcore man and so then you know when they would were done with the chanting i felt like the chanting got everybody to purge and then yeah. the chanting stopped and then the women would start singing and they'd be like oh man and then that would go on for like 40 minutes and then here comes the oh, chanting man. again and everyone's like what you know <laughs> so, i would lose my mind it was great <laughs> talking about you wouldn't just lose your mind i lost so much weight that my pants wouldn't stay on yeah. i had to like fold my pants <laughs> oh, over when over. i left yeah. because it was you it got a new, so weight, much, a new weight burner plan. I mean, that's the ayahuasca diet, I tell you. It's <laughs> taking the world by storm. But, but Move over, keto. Now, now well, did, did you come out of there a different person? No, no, not necessarily. But one of the things—what does your wife say? My <laughs> wife thinks I'm out of my mind for yeah. that. <laughs> for that, but I'm like, listen, we go to the, you go to a hotel. You want to get a spa package, right? I just want to go to another dimension for a couple hours. I and mean, uh, is there something yeah. so wrong with that? Yeah. Um, one of the things that it. you do <laughs> sort of, or at least I was thinking of during this is that you know the 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 way they make the way they brew ayahuasca is they take the vine of one plant and the leaves from another plant. They combine them together. They mix them up in a certain, in a certain way and they cook them for a couple of days. And then it creates this sludge that is so disgusting. And that's what it is. And, you know, well, they, there's what would a, you compare the taste to? I'm
0: just curious. I'm sorry.
2: The, I, Graham Hancock said it best. I put it in the book. It it's it tastes like raw sewage, dirty socks, uh, battery acid, and just a hint of chocolate. Really? Yes. It's really very awful. That's quite the description. But <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. But what they said? They asked the shamans with 125,000 different plants. How did you figure out? The I combination.
3: Was, yeah, I was about to ask you, who the hell came up with this?
2: And, the, you know, they've been doing this for thousands of years and their answer is that the jungle told us.
1: Mm, and while really I was
2: on them. it, while I was on it, I, you know, you have the ability to think about that. You have rational thoughts and You just it's just a very w- different way of thinking but you can think about all the things that are going on. I was thinking to myself, as crazy as that sounds, it totally makes sense now. I can I can understand why they would say that the Jungle told them how to yeah. make it because it statistically it should never happen, but they've they've been drinking it, you know, for thousands of years. So I mean, you know, you you, you <laughs> I put a quote in the book that from Joe Rogan is DMT equals mushrooms times a million plus aliens, <laughs> and that and I was like, I was like, well, I didn't smoke the same type of DMT that Rogan talks about, but I, I had a, a variety, you know, an offshoot of it, and uh, I didn't see aliens, but uh, I, I could. I could. They saw you. That. They probably did. That's that's even more crazy to think about. I didn't see them, but they saw me. Can <laughs> you imagine? You're sitting, you know, it's just a weird. It's just you a weird thing. But
3: crazy white boys. I know. People
2: out of their mind. I know. I know. So you know. I look. I, this. This. I'm in. I'm interested in trying to figure out how it all works. You know. Yeah. I right. want to figure out what you know, what the universe is doing. Why are we here? Are we in a simulation? Did we go to the moon? Why did building seven fall down? I just want answers. I'm like Mm -hmm. everybody that's gone, gotten into this conspiracy world. We're not, I'm not trying to be difficult. We're truth
3: seekers. We're truth seekers. Yeah. It's exactly
2: what it is. I, I mean, look, maybe I have some answers. Maybe I don't. I still have so many more questions and I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I feel like I've had enough, good answers to, you know, to set my mind to these. I'll tell you what, I, I've got, I get answers from the government about how things are. And I automatically dis- discount that because I just don't trust what they have to say. So if they're telling me that aliens don't exist, or they telling me that we did go to the moon? Uh, my default mechanism is to say, well, you guys are, you guys have no credibility. Right. And you know, I don't, you know, I'm going to assume that you're not telling me the truth. I'm going to assume there's some cover up. I'm going to assume that, uh, you know something that i don't know and um and that you're that you guys have made a decision to uh interfere with my truth process and uh and i don't appreciate it
0: well let, let me ask you this if if you had the ability to come like if, if they came forward and they were like hey everything you've ever thought is absolutely true or false or you know right. whatever it is would you be like Holy shit! We gotta head for the hills, or we'll just be like, well, honestly, <laughs> that's good you know, that's, I'm, I guess I got. I'm just gonna get up and go to work. First
2: tomorrow, thing I'd so. say to my wife is, "I told you so." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. take that. Take that. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to find a quote in here that I want to. Yeah. That I want to read. That's 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 really poignant. I, I You know I I don't know that I'm gonna hold my breath as far as. Um, you know, somebody telling me, okay, you were you were on the right track with all this. Some yeah. of the stuff I, you know, some of the stuff we we can figure out. Some of the, some of the stuff like nine eleven, we know that the official story was a lie. But as far as all the details, hmm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if any of us necessarily have uh, all the pieces put together. Uh,
3: what about like a Men in Black type situation?
2: Ooh,
1: you get a knock kind
3: of on question. your door, and then these guys come here with some nice shiny suits, and they're like. Come with us to go for a ride.
2: You know, I'd like to know. I'd like to know all the answers.
3: Uh, but you have to lose everything. You can't keep yeah. your previous life. Oh boy. Would you take it to know the truth, or would you continue I'd, being a truth seeker but I, with no confidence?
1: I'd have answer. to.
3: I'd have to. I'd have to get the answers. I think I would too.
1: I'd
2: have to get the answers. I think I mean, my wife I've, would
3: understand. Every,
2: <laughs> everybody would. You know, she'll nobody, find a better guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would. Uh, I I don't, that's why I'm so fascinated about the DMT stuff. When you read these reports from people, they're, they're saying that, um, you know, everything made sense and they've never felt such peace and they've never been uh, more, uh, you know, they felt this sense of that they've been there before, a million times before. There's this lady in the uh, DMT spirit Mo- molecule documentary and she says, She got to this place where she recognized it was where souls were being reborn. And she's like, I knew this place. I had been here so many times. Mm. And she's talking about how at first she's uh, terrified that she feels like she's getting flying through the universe backwards through her spine and uh, that she had never been more uh, scared in her entire life. And then she says, she finds that she wound up in this gigantic, you know, Big chasm where she could see this place where souls were being reborn. And the video that goes along with it is super trippy. And uh, she said, I had this sense of peace, like I had been here before. I've never, she, she said, I've never felt this sense of peace, you know. And so I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I haven't had that experience. I was just mm-hmm. listening to hers. But uh, I found this this quote that uh, it is my favorite one from the book. And like I said, I put quotes from over 500 different people that had had a role in this. And this is yeah. from. A guy named Stephen Bassett, who's the executive director of Paradigm Research Group. And speaking of UFOs, he they mostly focus on UFOs. But this is, a, this is his description of the world that we're living in that doesn't have necessarily anything to do with UFOs. But I, I like his analogy. So he says, imagine if the truth was a huge jigsaw puzzle, a big box with 20,000 pieces. And it is the truth, the absolute truth. It is a picture of the world as it really is. You come into this world, you get an education, you're handed this box, and the idea is to put all the pieces together. And if you put the pieces together on this huge table, it will be the truth about the world that you live in. So you set about to do that. All good, a wonderful thing, except there is a problem. It turns out that the government that you are living under has made a decision to interfere with this truth process. It's a political decision being made for political reasons to serve the state, almost never the citizens. So the government has taken a whole bunch of those pieces out of your box and has thrown them away. They're missing. Well, that's a problem, but it gets worse. They've grabbed a bunch of pieces from another box, another puzzle, and have thrown them into your box, to your puzzle. And now you have to put this thing together with an idea that what you're going to find is the truth. That is an almost impossible situation, and it is extremely effective to serve the state. Mm.
0: Damn. So mm. yeah, man,
2: we've got a we've got our boxes in. with yeah. all these pieces, and we're trying to put them together yeah. and we're looking at the picture on the front going, Yeah, yeah, it should it should come out to this, and we don't even know if we have the right pieces. Yeah. And yeah. nobody's gonna tell us. Yeah. So That's I feel mod, like that. There. I got <laughs>
0: six corners in my box. What
2: the <laughs> <laughs> Six corners makes no sense. <laughs> That's exactly right. And if you had that, you'd be like I'm gonna try and put this together, but even if I do, like, am I even gonna believe? Am I gonna trust that it's the right picture? So, I think most people don't even care. Most people aren't even looking at their pieces. They're, you know, and I understand it too. They're just they're folk. They go
3: to right. they go to work. My brother and I had a talk about this recently because uh, we're kind of different with this stuff. He's fascinated with this stuff too, but he's much more balanced. He doesn't dive on the deep end like I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he quoted the line from The Matrix that he'd rather live his life in, in ignorant bliss. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and
1: I can understand
2: it's heavy. that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a habit I to c- think about all this kind of shit. I can,
2: I, exactly, because once you go down this path and you start to realize that, you know, what we've been told are, are not, you know, a lot of the things we've been told are not true. Um, it starts to mess with your head and it, it, you start to feel like where's, you know. Where's the floor? You know, mm-hmm. you feel like destabilized, like you don't know how to get your bearings. If if this is a lie, then what else is a lie? And maybe, you know, is the government a lie? Yeah, the government's all a lie. What about my money? Well, your money's a lie too. It's printed by the Federal Reserve, which is a private bank, and you're like, Oh my god, that's so, a whole
1: other that's a whole topic. other thing.
2: And then and so, you know, it's reality you know, <clears throat> Are we living? And then you've got the guys that are like, "Hey, we're on a flat plane. We're not on a spinning ball." You're like, "Holy shit!" Now I have to deal with that. You know, do we go to the moon? Let's, let's come back to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so everything becomes, you know, you start picking at at the corners of these these at the at reality, and you 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 can't stop picking at it, and then you start to realize, okay, I might be getting to a point where I'm going to screw up myself so badly where I can't even. I don't know what's up or down or you know what yeah. reality is. Have you,
3: have you heard uh, Eddie Bravo's new terminology for he uh, blue pills on the weekends?
2: No, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He's red pill all during the week and then blue pills, blue pills for the weekend. He's just with his family doing regular shit and doesn't think about conspiracy. Yeah, I, I can
2: understand that. You gotta you, you know there. You, for better or for worse, we do have to function in this reality. I like digging around and trying to see if we can figure out what what's really going on. But I, I have the same I have the same struggles. I still have to pay my bills, and I still have to take care of my family, and I still have to be responsible. But but I I also want to just destroy all of these fake aspects of our world. Yeah, and just, definitely. I feel like we we're just
3: uncover like, all the truth. Yeah, because the, the
2: people that are lying to us have no right to lie to us. They're no, they're no more entitled to know the truth than we are. I mean, we're the hell, the, especially if they're in the government, because theoretically they're supposed to work for us, the people, and they're illegitimate anyway. And why would I, why would I trust the government with information? And it, you know, I'm, I'm we're all big boys. We can handle it. Give us the truth, not mm-hmm. not the sanitized version. Give us the real truth, even if it scares the shit out of us, which it probably will. But I'm op- I'm open for that. I'd rather know what what's really going on, and be. You know, concerned and freaked out about it than to just continue my life in total. I know, because when
3: it's all said and done, you feel like it's a waste if you don't know the truth. That's the way I feel about it. That's what nags at me. I want to know everything. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and I don't know what I'm going to do with it once I have the truth. I mean, yeah, I've written a book and I've got some other ones coming out, but like, but it's not even about that. It's about just knowing why we're here what are we doing you know if, what's yeah, purpose? it seems like it would help
3: you better guide through life better if you knew for sure okay so we have this is all going on so now i know i need to do this
2: yeah so or, if any yeah. strong
3: willed person could do a lot with that and and
2: and, and, and come and also you would know what you don't need to worry about like i don't know that stuff is, yeah why am i getting exactly. bogged down with that this stuff doesn't even matter
3: which is weird yeah. this whole the whole conspiracy mindset truth seeker mindset actually helped me with my anxiety Um, as far as speaking with people, any Mm -hmm. kind of trivial type shit, I don't, I don't look at it anymore as like a, a nerve wracking thing. It's just all small stuff. It's, it's all easy shit to just cope through, and it's everyday.
2: It's totally, it's it's totally small stuff when you're trying to think about whether or not the world is, the world is flat or not. You know, know. you're trying to so, deal with that thing, and you're
3: like, it's a catch twenty two. It helps me in some way, and in some ways, I gotta like, all right, I gotta come up fair for, for a little bit, stop digging so much. And I gotta turn
2: on Sports Center sometimes. Yeah, you, know, you know, I just have to an old episode of
3: Wings. Yeah. <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> yeah. So you were gonna say about flat Earth?
3: Yeah, um, I don't want to go too deep into it, um, but. Where where are you at with it? Where do you lean with it? Well,
2: I've I've ta- I've done uh, Jaron's show Jaronism and David Weiss. These are two guys that are big flat Earth guys, and I've done their show before in part because uh, David and David reached out to me and said I want to do a show uh, where we try to con- I don't know if, he's, if the term was convert somebody, but I, I want somebody that that is kind of a skeptic to come on and ask us a bunch of questions, and we'll you know explain it and we'll see if we can you know get you to think our way and i said yeah it sounds like fun so i did that with them and it was like a 2 hour show and and they were they were fantastic they're they're great guys and and i told them you know when we started off i go look you know i'm probably halfway there because i already don't trust nasa uh, I already don't trust the government or the media. I think that, you know, they've been lying to us about so much. I do have questions about why the United Nations flag is a flat earth um, that's Ooh, divided into 33 uh, sections. Mm, um, I do. That part. Yeah. I, so I do have some questions about this, but they, you know, I had them explain things and I, and, and, you know, a lot of people are very disrespectful to the flat earth community. They consider them like, you know which that irritates the shit out of me because what are you basing it off?
3: You're basing it off every, everything uh, you've been told by other people, exactly people that have lied in the past and exactly have proven, like you said earlier, they lost their credibility. I think it's pretty goddamn bizarre, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's bizarre too,
2: but but what I've come to feel after all these years is that okay, I think it's crazy because. I've always thought it was round because there's a globe in the classroom, and we're taught that. And I, you know, we see these videos, and everything is, you know, the round Earth and everything. We see these planets, and that's what we're told. But really, if we're honest with ourselves, well, we don't. We don't know. We're not scientists. We don't know. We know what we're told. We know what we're told. I like how JP just cleared himself. I can't. Uh, I can't. I'm I, can't yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I've, laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't say. For certain, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how to calculate. One of the things That's, I did yeah. tell, tell these guys yeah, was ahead, that I, I, one thing that is abundantly clear to me when researching the flat Earth is that I need to take geometry all over again. Oh, really? Because I don't know the formulas. And they're like, yeah, well, the you know, the angle of the sun and this and you can see this, you know. blah 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 all that stuff i'm like okay i don't really know the ins and outs of that um so i my my response is that i i am leaving myself open i am not a flat earth guy uh i don't think those guys are crazy i think those guys are just digging into the next level of of you know conspiracies and they're you know that's boy that's the mother load and i'll tell you what if the earth is flat. I'd be a huge mind fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. it would be fun. I mean, it would really change things. And uh, in, in,
0: um, if I find out the Earth was flat, I would totally believe that the whole thing is a simulation.
2: I yeah, think I would just, too. I'm actually probably more in line with, with with us all living in a simulation. than that's than where I'm at
3: too. I, anything else? I get it, they make fun of me at work uh, about the flat Earth thing, but I'm really not a flat Earth. I'm just I'm not anything because I don't have yeah. a reason to be on any part of it. Yet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open, like you said. I'm with you. I'm
2: open. I'm open to it. I understand it sounds crazy. Uh, I understand that there are a lot of people that are like, well, you know, I've been, you know, I, I'm a aerospace engineer and I can tell you for certainty. Okay, I, get, I, I, I don't doubt that a lot of people have answers to this. Yeah. I just am so, I you know, we've been lied to about so much that it wouldn't surprise me. Right. In fact, yeah. not only would it not surprise me, the United Nations and those pricks are so blatant about putting things right in front of your face and taunting you with them mm-hmm. that it also wouldn't surprise me that they chose their, their flag um, based on the fact that it is a top-down, flat version yeah. of the earth divided into these 33 sections that <laughs> coincides with Freemasonry, and they could be in theory saying hey look at our flag you big dummies yeah. you know You're we're, you know, right we're telling you the whole we're telling of, you it's flat all black, the right. you know, all all this
3: stuff with antarctica too and, that. and all the
2: stuff with antarctica yeah yeah just, so I, many red i'm flags fascinated with that, with that. and, and so is there an ice wall Do we go past that? and i talked to those guys about about that and um and i don't know i don't know i mean i, I what i do know is that the the official channels that we've been told about everything come through our education system through our media through the government and through stories that we've been told by you know people the, the, these are pretty poor sources of information sources mm-hmm. that have a, that have had a history of lying to you I mean the our education system is filled with lies created by guys like the Rockefellers and Carnegie's and this new batch of Common cores created by Bill Gates. Those, these are people that automatically you cannot trust. So the school system is compromised. The media is compromised. They tell you that with Operation Mockingbird that the CIA has infiltrated it 50 years ago. So the media is lying. The government's obviously lying. NASA's lying. I mean, everybody that's telling us everything about the world that we live in has been busted lying about all kinds of things. So are yeah. they lying about the shape of the earth? Right. I mean, reasonably It's, it's, it's really reasonable. Far off, it's reasonable yeah. to question, that yeah, Now, at, at now least might, question
3: it. yeah, at least question. And it. you shouldn't be shamed for questioning. No, time it. no, in,
2: in fact, if you are being shamed by it by people for it, I'm not talking about just your friends and families because yeah, they're I'm all getting
3: bullied at work. You're getting,
2: bullied. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, guys like Obama saying, you know, we don't have to have a, a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. He said that twice during his presidency. Mm. It's kind of like a dig at people. Yeah. You know, well, like, why are you? Uh, you're insulting the flat earth people. I mean, they're just taking this to their logical conclusion, which is you guys have lied about everything else. Why wouldn't you be lying about that too? Right.
3: There shouldn't be anything wrong with challenging any kind of thing. No, no, no. If the the
2: story is so rock solid, you should have no problem answering as many questions about it as possible. I think a lot of people don't, uh, I, I think a lot of people see the, you know, if you're questioning it, then it's like, hey, how dare you question that? Like, no, no, no. If your position is so solid, you should take everybody's question.
3: Yeah. Right. Which... This is a different episode, but hopefully we can get you back on for this yeah. one. It's the vaccine stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you're so worried about the vaccine, why are you worried about our kid if your kid's already vaccinated? If your
2: kid has a magic protection yeah. protective so shield problem? around him, then what? it? You... That's
3: a super touchy subject. We can't oh, go from yeah. flat earth to a vaccine. We've no, already no. lost everybody. No, I, everybody will be like, <laughs> these guys are of their minds. I want to circle back to what you were talking about earlier with the DMT, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard um, different people say that when they're on those trips and they go outside and look up, they see a dome-ish type...
2: Yeah, I've See, heard that too.
3: Have you had any kind of experience like that?
2: Well, we were in a room, so I didn't have that mm, option. Shit. Um, but but I also wasn't having that sort of trip either. You know, one of the things that was going on in the room when we the the DMT was a different night. So ayahuasca was one night, and a couple nights later it was the DMT thing. Yeah, I hope you're not doubling up on
1: that. <laughs> no. God, after the ayahuasca, I
2: was, I was just like, this is crazy. I mean, this, I, am, I was exhausted. Oh, no, I can imagine. Um, but the, the, one of the things that was going on in the session when I was doing the DMT was that the lady next to me was just ball. Her eyes, she was sobbing uncontrollably, and she didn't. I thought I was gonna go for like maybe five minutes, she was doing for like 30 minutes. So I had to like relocate myself to the other side of the room and have the guy like give me more of the medicine, you know, blow more of it up my nose, and then it started to kick. So I was, I had sort of a you know, I didn't have a real it wasn't a bad experience. I just, I just there were some distractions that were, yes. I was keep. I had one foot in reality and one foot in the DMT world, but it wasn't, but I was also expecting it to be, you know, geometric patterns and all the stuff that I'd heard about. And, uh, and I didn't have that. And part of it was because just the type of, that they were using isn't set up for that. So I don't know. Gotcha. So I just had a different trip, but I've I've heard people talk about how, how you look up and you could, that would be so crazy. That would be crazy. Is, is any of that stuff like in your mind or is
3: it, you you see, you actually seeing stuff with your brain channeling different visual stuff?
2: You're, well, I think it's, I think it's in, I think it's just all in your mind, but it's in your mind in a way that's, it's in a weird
3: part of your mind. maybe. Yeah.
2: It's, it's real. I mean yeah. it seems real. It's I was, real to me, damn it. It's real to me. <laughs> and it was it was like I just you know, if anyone has seen that movie Defending Your Life, it came out years ago with Albert Brooks and it. it's a hilarious movie. But there's a part in the movie where he's in a movie theater and he's got these judges with him and they're watching on the on the screen scenes from his childhood where he's getting picked on in the playground when he's like ten years old or something. And he's watching, he's going, wow, it looks so real. And that's what I felt like. I felt like that. that. I was like watching, there are three different scenes from my life that I was watching. And it wasn't good or bad, it was just, I was watching it. And then my expression, my reaction to it was the trip. It was like, holy moly, I'm seeing this. You know, it's just like the pictures I remember, you know, and it was like I was there. It was really weird. What Um, was that movie called again? defending your life it's got mm-hmm. albert brooks and meryl streep in it and it's a comedy it's about what happens when you die and you go to this holding facility this holding area uh and you're judged you have to look oh, at a wow. certain number of days and there's a there's like a jur- there's there's like a three judge panel and you get to see these these days that they there's a prosecutor and a defense attorney you've got a defense attorney and, an interesting and what they're trying to prove is that you lived your life in fear. And if you can prove that you, you lived your life and you weren't fearful, then you get to move on to the, to the next phase of, of life. And if you don't, then they put you on a bus, like the, the buses at, at the Disneyland parking lot. They take you from the parking lot to the front gate. Yeah. I think they even, it looks like they filmed it there. <laughs> um, they put you on these buses and they take you back and then you just are reincarnated. You have to go back to earth. Oh, wow. And, and to them, going back to earth, to all the people that are in this, this sort of purgatory place, going back to Earth is the worst fate. You get like, oh, sorry, man, you you me. lost your trial. You got to go back to Earth, and everyone's like, sorry. You got to live yeah. fearless. You got to live and you got to live back on Earth. And you got to do it all over again. Then you got to get really judged again. So anyway, it was just it's it's a funny movie. Uh, but the the idea of watching like a movie of your life was something that I, I experienced. This. Yeah, and it was trippy. But yeah. um you sold me on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I. I, I, I,
0: can't, I can't do it. I don't have the guts. Yeah, out of all but, the stuff I've done, I can't do it. Like, well, yeah, scares me. You can't what's, do it. What's that stuff you can buy at the smoke shop where they? It comes in like a times two, times three, times four. It's I forget what it's called, but it's still it's still like a common thing. I've tried that once, and that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, really it made you yeah. trip. Yeah, it's I forget what it's called. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Father
2: mm. Anyhow. I I I am in favor of all those things. I did mushrooms my freshman year in college and I was like listen to Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here the oh, yeah. whole album. And I was <laughs> like oh Dark side my of the moon. god like we were all just you know it was just amazing and then from that point on well, i'll do it a couple more times Maybe we did some acid you know yeah. over the course of the year and that's a little bit more of a commitment that's like an all-night commitment you know Or mm-hmm. mushrooms are like four hours or something uh but i i'm in favor of that you know I'm, i guess i just picked it up at that age where i just wanted to see what was there i have no interest in cocaine or yeah. heroin or any of that stuff it doesn't doesn't interest me. I need an adventure. I right. want to go on a trip. You know, I you go, see, go see what we've we've got. I want to go. If there is something that would put me on the moon, or I could see if we've if we've got flags on the moon, I would do that. You
3: know. Definitely.
2: That's intense. Yeah.
3: Did you have anything else you want to cover before uh, we go into our six questions? Oh, yeah. No. No, You're good? no,
2: no, no, I'm good. I, I will. Well, I will say this. I will say, as far as the moon, moon stuff goes, um, everyone should do their own research into it. There might be one thing that sort of you find that that doesn't add up, uh, that interests you. We've talked about a bunch of them, but uh, uh, the 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 there's so many different aspects to the to the moon that really got me involved. There's also a book called Who Built the Moon that I've got. Uh and that talks about some of the, you know, Zulu uh folklore about how there was a time before the moon and that the moon was dragged into place to stabilize wow. the earth and that um you know, there's a quote in there that says by all rights, you know, the the moon shouldn't exist like mathematically everything that you know it's one four hundredth of the size of the sun and it's one four hundredth the distance to the sun so it creates this perfect eclipse which doesn't happen anywhere else in our solar system and it, mathematically it's like almost like an, uns, you know, an impossibility and there's a lot of things that are just a little bit too perfect so there's people that you know in that who built the moon book that was written by um, alan butler and another guy uh, they talk in, they talk about the, the concept of spaceship moon, you know, mm-hmm. that it is a, that it is a gigantic death spaceship star. that it's like the death star. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at some of the craters on, um some of the other moons in our solar system, there's one that looks exactly like the death star. And oh, so, shit. so was George Lucas pulling, you know, obviously he was pulling concepts for star wars from Greek mythology and things like that. But, um, there might've been a, a, a another, Side to that, too. So if you want to get high and watch Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'll, yeah. <laughs> that'll do it. like an awesome time.
1: Yeah.
3: All right, let's take another break and we'll go into the six questions.
0: All right, we're back. Um, we're going to ask a couple of questions and uh, close this out before too long.
3: Yeah, I have uh, one more question for you, Charlie, before we go into our famous six questions that nobody knows about yet <laughs> um <laughs> i know about uh, yeah you got a heads up all our guests are going to get heads up so don't be freaked out people or just watch just listen to our podcast and you'll know them ahead of time yeah um with all the stuff that you do being a writer about controversial stuff do you get freaked out at all about having your name out there with a the family and stuff do you feel like so, black helicopters are going to come mm, over your house
2: i so far, no, I haven't had any sort of situations with that. I had a, um, I was doing Veritas radio with, uh, Mel Fabregas and, um, we were talking about, um, Israel and we were doing this, having this, this interview over Skype. And as soon as we got on the topic, um, my Skype crashed, loaded it back up, crashed again. Mm. And we changed topics and everything worked fine. And then when we got done recording, Mel and I were just talking off air and he said, um, it's funny that, that your Skype crashed when we started talking about our friends in the Middle East. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He says that happens quite a Chicken bit. Words. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I bet, I bet it does. And he says, Hey, he said, there's a guy I had on, um, not too long ago who, who went hard on that topic. And, um, and he turned up dead three weeks after our interview. So just be careful. I was like, he's like, all right, so shit, have a, man. have a good day. I was like, shit, man. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Excuse That's me. Crazy. So you're going <laughs> to leave me with that. <laughs> I, I said, schmittle schmills. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I no. so far I haven't, I haven't had any sort of situations like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I also, part of it is, I think my demeanor because I'm, you know, I laugh at all this stuff. It's And it's not to say that I don't take it seriously, yeah, but it's you're like... you're going about it. I, I, You have to laugh at Comical. some of these crazy topics because, yeah. well, for one, you'll cry if you don't, but... Plus, you're just
3: playing a character, like all three of us. We're all just playing character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is for the podcast. Like we're all in a simulation, right? <laughs> right. Anyway, this so what difference does it make? This
2: is just for our books and our yeah. podcasts. Yeah, so I, I I haven't had any any sort of... Uh, don't come after us. Don't, yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Just leave me alone. But uh, but I I, I do know that some people, you know, I've I've watched people that I don't know uh, that have gone into some of the darker topics that that have a couple things happen to them. One is is that they they get obsessed with the topic. You know, if it's something like child trafficking, that's really dark, super sketchy people that go down that rabbit hole. Find that like it screws with their head. I try to stay off of that as much as possible, not because I don't think it's important, but I don't well, first of all, I don't know enough about it to really right. comment on it. I don't know how these trafficking networks all work. Um, I just know they exist and I know, you know. The, so, some some aspects of it but but i'm not going to pretend to know how it all works and so therefore i can't out anybody because i don't know them, i don't know who's right. doing it but right. um and i prefer to keep it that way but but people will will go down that and they'll get so down the rabbit hole that it screws them up for a while and yeah. they either get freaked out or somebody approaches them and says something in passing like you need to stay off of this. And they're like, Oh shit. And then you start to freak out and think, you know, are my phones tapped or my yeah. laptops, you know, there's people watching or people following me. Once you go, you know, once you have somebody whispering your ear, you know, shut up about that topic. Mm-hmm. Then of course, you know, you, you, you open like, a bakery, totally, you totally go and open a bakery somewhere. <laughs> and you're like, I'm never talking about this stuff again. So, um, I'm, but I, I haven't had any, anything, you know, I've kept it relatively, lighthearted uh, for the most part um, I don't suppose that anybody at NASA has me on their list of people that they want to whack <laughs> but if I do get whacked them. if I do get whacked it's definitely NASA okay. yeah. Yeah. we can just blame yeah. them we, we, blame
3: we them. know what you're doing NASA yeah. don't try any stupid shit nope <laughs> leave our boy Charlie alone you like the little NASA thing you got right here it's got NASA and yep scratch out N and A and then put fake as. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got a good poster in here. Uh, all right, so let's go to the famous truth or theory six questions. Six questions. Let's do it. Okay. Did you want to read them, JP? Oh, go ahead. Sure. We'll yeah. just go episode for episode then. Okay. All right, Mr. Charlie Robinson. Number one, you have the power to make one law. What law do you create, and why?
2: Oh, okay. This is this is a good one. Uh, my law is that any politician that votes to send people to war. Has to send their kid to war. Holy and I'm talking shit, that's front <laughs> frontline stuff, not working at some accounting firm connected to the military. I mean boots, helmet, M16. You want to go invade Iran? All you people in Congress that that voted for that, pick somebody from your family. They're going to, they're the first ones. We're going to parachute their asses in. That'll stop all this bullshit war talk uh, in its tracks because it's so abstract for them. They're just, you know, suit wearing. Uh,
3: Stats and numbers. Yeah.
2: They're just, it's all very sanitized there's to no them. Up, yeah, and I have, no I'm bullshit. not in the military. I've never been in the military. I don't know what it's like. I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like to be somebody that is on the front lines. But I guarantee you, the people that are voting to send everybody to war, they've never been there either. So they're the ones, and they're making the decision. If it was up to me, and I don't like to... You know, I don't know if if you put a label, you know, people are like, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you this or that? The only label that I feel comfortable putting on myself is that I am anti-war. I just, that, I, yeah. I, too many of them have all been, you know, they've been started on, on false pretenses and, it, and it's empire building. I'm not in favor of that. So the, you know, the politicians that find it so easy to send everybody to war, I think they might feel a little bit differently if they had to, uh. Send somebody from their family,
3: yeah that's a great answer. I really like that one, yeah,
2: cool, I didn 't even think about that yeah that's, that's
3: really good. I think they should be required to have served at some point too, at yeah least I think four that, years,
2: yeah, yeah, I yeah. think
0: that I think
3: that that's uh um, which that could easily be corrupted, and yeah, of little course. silver lining through the the path of it, but still they should have their four years they should at least to have, have to Fake it. Or right. at least go through yeah. that
2: exercise of pretending that they yeah. that they served but or go through some boot camp. I'd like to see Chuck Schumer go through some boot camp. Oh, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Number two, what three words would you choose to describe yourself?
2: I had a hard time with this one, but I came up with... Most people do. This is a tricky one. I, I came up with uh, sarcastic, logical, and frustrated okay those are great oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah somebody said i was logical about things i i find it funny that i'm talking about fake moon landings aliens and then using logical yeah. <laughs> in my there's well. a description <laughs> and some people might might say you're out of your mind but
3: um but i think your approach and all of it is logical though you come yeah. from a logical stance with everything i tried
2: i tried to yeah. just
0: if, That's the way it comes off to me. I yeah,
3: those
2: trying. are good three I'm words trying. to say it.
0: It's not just like, "Oh, this is all bullshit," yada yada. But then you say, you know, well, you know, on the other hand, uh, so it's
2: logical. I try to see it yeah. from both sides. I, 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 I have definitely have my opinions on things, but I, uh, I try to um, try core. try to see it from both sides. But uh, yeah. I, unfortunately, I think some some sides are. You know, or are, are, are lying to us. So, uh, I can see it from their from their point of view, but I don't doesn't necessarily mean that I believe it. Absolutely.
3: I apologize to the listeners too. We have a cord that likes to act up on us. Yeah, it's probably
1: my fault.
3: We're gonna upgrade the equipment soon. Hopefully, it's not messing up your answers. All right. Yeah, number two is good too. Number three, what do you want to be remembered for?
2: I want to be remembered as somebody that was able to see through a lot of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. We live in a world where people that make the rules have made the rules in a way that prevents us from knowing what is our right to know. And I respect the people that challenge authority and challenge the system and break the system and change it. I like those guys. I Like I said, I've, I've spoken in NarcoPulco. I'm going back in a couple of weeks to speak and that's a group of people that are anarchists. And and of course, when you think of anarchists, you think of Molotov cocktails and like burning tires and all, and none of that stuff was going on there. It was just a bunch of interesting people that have a low tolerance for bullshit and uh, a desire to change the world and, and, and rebuild it in a much different way. And um, so I would like to be remembered as being somebody that challenged the current state of things because I was able to see through some of the bullshit not all of it of course but that's uh but that gives me something to look forward to for yeah. the next couple decades yeah. is that how much of this more are we going to get figured out how many of these people that have been telling us these lies are going to be made to account for them they're going to be held responsible for them because all of us went out there and challenged it and saw through the bullshit because it's because if we leave it up to them nothing's going to change it's going it's only the people like us in this room or the people that are listening to this that have like a desire to see what's really going on. They're the ones that are going to make it change. If, Cause if it's not for, uh, if it's not for us, you, you, the people that are asleep, aren't going to wake up. They're going to yeah. stay asleep. They're yeah. going to, they're going to remain asleep because it's easy to stay asleep. But, um, for everybody that is awake, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and you can't go back to sleep. No, you're Once awake you, forever now. You're awake forever now. Huh. Yeah. Congratulations. Your it's mind a, is it, open. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a great thing, but it's also a heavy burden as well. And your it friends is. and family are going to think that you are out of your mind, and that's that's okay. It's so unfortunate. It's, un- it it's unfortunate. It is, but um, but but everyone everyone comes to well, not everybody. The people that come to this information, they come to it at their own time, right. you know, at the right time in their life. And there are times in our lives where we weren't interested in this, you know, we got other things to do. And I actually truly understand if people are like, I got, what do I, what am I going to do? Am I going to learn all this? Stuff? Am I going to change the world? I got to get up. I got to go to work in the morning. I got to do that. I got to take care of my kids. I don't have time for this bullshit. What am I going to do? Figure this all out. Like that's too much of a test. I right. get that. I understand 100%. how people can feel that way. I feel that way. If I felt that way early on, I don't, I can't really feel that way anymore, but I, I, understand it i don't necessarily respect it but i i understand that that everybody kind of gets on this path at at their own speed and sometimes you're just not ready for it and then something will happen in your life and maybe you become a little bit more ready for it i'll tell you what though one thing i've learned the hard way is that trying to lecture people about how things are doesn't go very well like when you bring up 9-11 at thanksgiving dinner yeah. like i did watch everybody at the table just look at you with just utter contempt and disgust for you bringing up this topic and you know so so know your audience this yeah. is my point and That's uh great. and don't try to cram this stuff down somebody's throat if they're not ready for it because you'll look stupid they'll be mad they won't want to hang out with you and uh they'll they'll just you know they'll sort of think that you're a bit crazy it's fine to be a bit crazy but um just pick your spots you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, well so they could all click once you see
0: that one thing it'll click yeah, and they're like, oh. yeah.
2: if this is a lie what else is a lie that's what mm-hmm. i always say that's the, the thing that uh that sort of got me and, and and you never know what it is for me it was building seven on 9-11 but for somebody else it might be uh you know it might be vietnam yeah. gulf of tonkin because mm-hmm. you lost because somebody because you were in vietnam and you're like, oh, my God, I was part of a lie. And I didn't realize it. You know, the, the ship wasn't actually shot out by the North Vietnamese. And that was all fake. And they created this fake story to get us to go into war. And then I went into war and I killed a bunch of people, you know, and, and I lost friends and, you know, next to me during the war. And, and it was all for nothing. And so, like, to older people, that might be the trigger that gets them to, to realize that story was a lie. What else is a lie? And then it starts you down that, that chain reaction down the down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and so so be so for those that are waking up and want to wake other people up like just be aware that some people are not ready to wake up and that's okay you yeah. know if if you can wake them up later when they're a little bit more prepared it, it might last but to try and do it to somebody that's not expecting it or doesn't want it it usually backfires yeah. trust me i've Goes, I know from experience. That
3: goes hand-in-hand hand with religion tough, for sure. For
2: sure. Because yeah, I, yeah.
3: I, I'm I'm basically a Christian, but I'm open my mind to everything. And I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sold on anything. The more I dig into things, the more I'm leaning towards simulation. But yeah, I've always felt that way with uh, Christianity. The worst thing you can do is try to push them away. You're just going to push yeah. them away. You're going to give them a bad taste in their mouth.
2: Yeah. Do and not then, show up at their door and hand out pamphlets yeah. on your religion or on nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's just not a good idea. Yeah, well said though. All right, number four. What is something you like that most people don't know about you?
2: I have like a practically like a PhD in football. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's what you have. No uh, I mean, American have football. A, American football. I mean, I have. A, a, I used to work in sports, yeah. and in uh, my, I we used to. a joke that I wanted to create a job where. Um, my homework was that I had to watch sports center and we created this company that does media training for pro athletes back in 2001. And um, so we would get guys ready for the draft and, you know, get them ready for meetings and interviews with general managers and coaches and things like that, get them ready for more comfortable on camera, for commercials, get them ready for broadcasting after, you know, things like that. And so my job was to watch sports center and, football and all and i just have developed to an understanding of football that is that uh like makes, the whole thing like football as a yeah, whole or the, the yeah. game or the game everything, the strategy about, the plays and i love the
3: strategy stuff. of football it's, yeah it's, it's fascinating
2: and i was too i mean i played football in high school but i was too small um, but uh i i missed my calling not going into not transitioning from the media side into the Operational side, yeah. I am calling you next year for my
0: fantasy
1: league. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, do you play fantasy football? I do
2: play fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I geek out on it too. (laughs) I get sad because, like, as this recording, we're a couple. We're you know, we're after the afc championships nfc championships and waiting for the super bowl we're in that two-week period and i'm like excited but then i realize that once that game is over there's no football for a couple months and then i get really depressed yeah. so. who's <laughs> your team yeah, who do you got? i don't have a team and the reason why i don't have a team is that we were sort of creating our own fantasy football um based on our client list mm-hmm. and So, and I was living in LA and we didn't have a team there for most of the time I was there. So I just wound up picking our clients and just rooting for them, you know, so I would be like, oh, I got, I want the Giants, but because we've got Eli Manning as a client, but they're going up against the 49ers and they have Alex Smith and we've got Alex Smith. Oh shoot. What are we going to do? Oh, Cam Newton's, you know, Cam, we have Cam Newton as a client, but they're playing the Broncos. It's like, well, I like that. I live in Denver. I like the Broncos. But they're going up against my guy, my quarterback. So I wound up, you know, so I never really picked a team. I just wound up enjoying uh, just the game oh, yeah. and it's just to try and be objective. So I'm not. I don't have a, a an actual team that I root for. But living in Denver and going to uh, Broncos games, it makes it easy for me to pull for them. So I do pull for the Broncos. But, uh, but what do you got this year? For the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, defense wins championships, so yeah. I'm going San Francisco. Okay. Although I would like to see Pat, uh, I'd like to see Andy Reid get a ring. I think he's he's done a great job over his career. Patrick Mahomes is the most interesting, fascinating quarterback I've ever seen. And I was at that game where he threw that pass left handed. Yeah. To uh, for a first down on yeah. Monday Night Football, I was I was there. I was like, turned to my wife and was like, this. I was telling her, I was like, "This doesn't happen. You're not yeah. supposed to be able to do that." She's like, "He's <laughs> he's like playing a video game." I'm like, "Uh huh." Yeah. He's, <laughs> so, so teach me the football. Yes. So that's that's what I did. My poor wife. I I, she didn't have any interest in football, but over the years now she's like. I hear her every now and then. She's like, why aren't they going for it on fourth down? It's only fourth and one, and they should do it. I'm that like, I you love proud, you. Huh? That's awesome. I feel like your exact words are, this is why we do this. Right. This is why we're here. <laughs> she's like, stop yelling at the television. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I've been doing this for 30 years.
3: That's funny. Are you a chess player?
2: I'm not a chess player. But, really? you know, I think that the chess and football go Hand in hand, if they do, if you're strategic mm-hmm. about that, setting up plays and and making a move, and then thinking a couple steps ahead, um, I'm always fascinated by the uh w- when you get to watch, you know, on ESPN or, or or NFL Network or something where they're breaking down the plays and they're showing you, you know, the routes and and why they've moved. You know, you got to move the tight end out a little bit further in San Francisco so that he can cut in and then cut out, and then that draws the defense. All that
3: stuff just, I'm um, I geek out on it big time. That's awesome. That's good stuff. I would have put a hundred bucks on it that you were a chess player. So I'm glad I didn't bet.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> I have never played chess, but I um, um, I watched my buddies try to play chess on acid one time. Yeah, oh wow, yeah. that was interesting. I mean, for it was interesting for me too because I didn't I don't know how to play chess, so I don't know. They looked like they were having a good time. You have the mind for chess for sure. <laughs> Do you
3: play chess, JP? I have. I'm,
0: yeah. I'm not the best at it. I know how to play it. We're we'll have to play some time. Challenge accepted. Oh shit. All right. Number 5.
3: If you could have any superpower, which would you choose and why?
2: I would choose this is this is going to sound kind of hokey, but um the ability to heal people. Ooh. Physically and mentally, I think that we could use a little bit of that. And then you know, look if if you can do that, then you can also make a little money doing it too.
3: Yeah, that's so. my brother's same answer too. My wife said really? the same thing. Yeah, really? That's, I didn't even I think that, about that. That it comes answer. from good people. Yeah. And I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to move objects. Okay. <laughs> That'd be cool.
2: Yeah, but you could move objects for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you
3: guys I, are better people. That was the test. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a shitty person. <laughs> no, I mean I You're just shitty and I'm lazy.
2: I I. I've, you know, you you get into these depressing topics, and what you say, and when I'm, like I said, being anti war, one of the things you see in the aftermath of war is it just, mm-hmm. is, just destroys people. The people that aren't, de- the people that are dead are, in some cases, probably better off than the people that are, survive and just wander around with nothing and having the ability to physically heal people or heal their, their. Emotional scars seems like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, probably good for your karma, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh,
0: definitely. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I told you it was hokey. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That is that is good. That makes me feel like it's shit, just, so it's a, <laughs> 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 a good one. Sorry. What is it
3: <laughs> yeah, this is what it is, dirtbag. <laughs> 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 All right. The final question. Number six. Oh, this is a good one. If you could know the absolute truth on one conspiracy theory, which would it be and why?
2: It would be 9-11. And the reason is because, well, there's several reasons. One, it's a gigantic event, an important event. And so much from that point on has changed, like the development of Department of Homeland Security, TSA, and the endless wars and trillions of dollars going to spent on that and the demonization of the Muslim community and all these crazy things that came out of that. And it's such a, such a multi-layered event that I don't have a firm handle on. I don't know how it all transpired. I know it didn't happen. Uh, I know you know. I haven't. I have a. I feel like I have an idea of how 9/11 went down, or who was behind it. But the ins and outs, every single detail of how it was pulled off—was it, you know, invisible planes? Was it suitcase nukes? Was it nanothermite? Was it, you know? directed energy. I mean, all these different theories. It's like, I don't know what happened there for sure. I do know that the official story is a lie. I do know that those buildings were, I know that building seven was brought down with a controlled demolition. And if building seven was brought down with a controlled demolition, which it was, then that means that one and two were brought down by that as well. And if that happened, well, then we've got a problem with the official story. Who told us the official story, the media, who was behind it? You know who was involved in it. Obviously, the United States government was involved in it. What happened to the generals that had gave the stand down uh, at NORAD and who who was in charge of the uh, you know the the air defense uh, on that day, sending all the fighters out and sending them to war games in Canada? Those people, those two generals that were involved in that, were not fired. They were promoted. Oh why would you promote guys that had a catastrophic failure unless they were doing their job and their job was to allow it to happen, which is exactly what happened. I have problems with the official story. Obviously I have problems with the hijackers passport being found in the rubble three blocks away, Mm. landing at the foot of an FBI agent. Mm. You know, I, I have huge problems with the story. I would like for someone to sit me down and explain exactly how it all happened. I'm not, holding my breath for that and that's why you're here but that's that's (laughs) but you asked the question let me tell you it all okay please i've got got the documents you've got the documents yeah yeah i'm still waiting for those those documents to secretly arrive uh that was a a beautiful segue
3: for you to come on episode 11 not 11 yes and a blood contract that we got you in now. So yeah. that's great. Great. I'll be back
2: I <laughs> now have to serve out the rest of my time doing this <laughs> podcast over and over again. Uh but yeah, that's that's one that I uh you know, there's I mean, how many there's so many great conspiracies to talk about, you oh, know. Man. But yeah. uh but uh I you know, and people have called me a conspiracy theorist and I think, you know, I think a better term is conspiracy analyst. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a little that. bit better. It's more um, respectful. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like I should put on a suit and tie yeah. to say that. Well, you
3: are for this episode. so I, I appreciate a, you dressing I'm wearing, up. I'm wearing a thong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But on top of that, you're wearing a nice suit. Right. And tear away <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I do like that you say building 7 it drives me nuts when people say tower 7 cuz it's mm. not a tower it was no. a building
2: No and it's and My I buddy had to, Bravo
3: says tower every time and it yeah. drives me nuts
2: Yeah well it's there. hey I, you may think you know for all of you that th- think that the official story is the way it is and that's ha- what happened Man I got I got Richard Gage who I Had a chance to meet lately, who is the head of Architects and Engineers for 9/11 Truth, and they've got three thousand architects and engineers that are on the record, professional people that are accredited and have their certification, you know, to be a real architect and a real engineer, not some Yahoo like me who's just looking at it. These are actual architects and engineers, and they are saying, for the record, and have signed and documented the fact that what happened that day is a mathematical impossibility it did not happen the way the official story is and you meet richard gage and he is a totally normal logical intelligent decent human being and he will tell you i came to this conclusion against my will i didn't want it to be the case i don't i didn't want this life of of having to fight you know against the powers that be but when i saw what i saw i can't unsee it and as an architect, I know that it can't happen that way. And these people are lying to us. And so, you know, Thanks. so to have to, to, to dig into the, to dig into 9-11 and, and get the truth about it, I think that would be fantastic. Um, and there's some people, some real smart people out there that, that care, because, you know, if you pull apart the official story of 9-11 and make it so that everybody knows. And they did a really good job, by the way. On the 15th anniversary, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth had a billboard campaign that happened in major cities all around the world, mostly New York and London. But um, And as somebody with an advertising or marketing background, um, I love the simplicity of their ad. It just said, did you know that a third building fell on 9-11? That was it. And so, if you didn't know that, then you're like, "What is that? What does that yeah. mean? You know, what are you talking that's about?" Smart. And so, it got people thinking about that. If you did know, then you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I knew. <laughs> yeah, I knew that a third building Duh. fell, and it mm-hmm. and, and, and it and it's bullshit. You know, yeah." Um, so you know, I I'm I'm interested in that topic. I think everyone that's you know, like I said, that's a that's a topic that'll that'll get you asked to leave the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. But, (laughs) you know, but, (laughs) but if you, but if we all come to an an understanding that that is a lie, then that creates a gigantic credibility problem for the people that sold you that lie, which is the media and the government. Mm -hmm. And of course they do have problems with their credibility. So everything, everything that we hear from that point on, it's like if it's like if you have a girlfriend and she lies to you about Going out with her friends last night and you know that she was out with some other guy, then you can't trust her on anything else from that point forward. I mean, she might be telling you the truth, but you know she has the ability to lie to you. And with this, with the government and things like this that are lying about 9-11, like, listen, you guys are lying to us about obvious aspects of this story. Undeniably, you are lying to us. So why should we believe anything else you say about it? Why should we believe that nineteen Arab hijackers with box cutters did this, and that we must get them there before they get us here? I mean, it just sounds really, you know, it's, it's all there, hard to believe. Open your mind. Open your and mind. Explore. Yeah. Looking but that's for another. That's for another show. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get back. back. We'll do nine eleven. Stay tuned
3: for episode eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys missed it too. We went to dinner before this podcast and Mr. Charlie had so much interesting shit. That was a whole other episode that you guys are missing out on. But (laughs) speaking of, I wanted to ask you, uh, this is an ongoing argument between my wife and I. Oh, Uh, this sounds good. Yeah.
2: Drag me in the middle of this. Awesome. My my
3: wife's from Illinois, Mm -hmm. Iowa area. I'm from Louisiana.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, she grew up calling nighttime's meal dinner, Mm -hmm. which seems like most people did. Mm -hmm. I grew up calling it supper. Yes. What do you call
2: it? I call it dinner. Son well, of a bitch. All right, turn but, this off. Okay. But my <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to edit all this out. My, my, my mom's family is from Tennessee. So I would spend summers in Tennessee, and they call it supper. So I get it. But I just never call it that. Fine. Hey, my my right. younger
3: brother and we'll his dad call it
0: somebody supper. They're <laughs> <never laughs> from Utah. <laughs> so I don't know where the supper comes from. The Bible, damn it. The Last Supper. Oh. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't
3: know, man. I just yeah. know I'm right and you guys are wrong. Um, are. One more, because I'm going to just add these to every episode at the end, because my wife and I it's like gonna be to fight. It's going to be
2: eight questions now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, um, okay, something's at an angle. Is it kitty corner or caddy corner? Catty corner. All right. All right. Wow. so I'm talking about. Redemption. All right. All right, we're on one, one for one, one. One for two. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we get in on that. JP, you got anything you want to say before we close it out? Boxers or briefs?
2: No, I'm kidding.
0: Um, briefs?
3: I don't oh, even... What is briefs. is briefs? I'm in the uh, middle.
0: Boxer briefs.
2: Boxer briefs. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm... Hybrid. I'm yeah, I'm in the hybrids, group. too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's kitty corn. <laughs> oh, and for the record, fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for coming on, Charlie. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you so you much, There's a lot to take in with this information. Oh, I God. look I know. forward to I know. dissecting I'm, ex-
2: I'm exhausted. Try being me. I'm bet. exhausted half the time. If anyone, Hey, if anyone wants to check out my stuff or they want to send me an email telling me I'm an asshole, uh, I get them all the time. You can find me at theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. You can buy the digital version of the book there if you want. If you like the paperback, uh, you can get it from that weirdo that takes pictures of his dick, Jeff Bezos, and <laughs> Amazon, or you can get it at barnesandnoble.com. They have the paperback there as well. What do you prefer? Which one do you prefer people buy from? If you like digital, just get it from my website because okay. it's easy. I just email two different versions: a PDF and an EPUB version. And then I just tell people share them with your friends. I'm not like particular about that. I want people to spread it around. Um, but if you're old school and you like the paperback, either one. Yeah, is, I'm
3: old school with that. Yeah, I want to better hold it. So
2: yeah, yeah, I and I and I I, it I means feel more. Bad. Yeah, it it seems like it's a real thing Is yeah. when you have a bookshelf and a bunch of books on there you look smart you know?
3: yeah it's oh hard God. yeah it's, okay, you know, our bookshelf it. has absolutely no books I got, well i got a bunch of
2: a bookshelf with a bunch of books but i haven't read all of
3: them i need yeah. to go to some donation place and just get a bunch of random books so we look smarter when we yep. go into youtube um there's rumors on the street that you're thinking about starting a podcast you yep. want to drop that knowledge yet or you um, want to on. i'm it? just
2: working on it right okay. now we're gonna get it all together as soon as i as soon as i get it all squared away i'll uh that's gonna be one hell of a podcast i hope so It'll, it'll be it, it just the universe keeps telling me that I'm not really super you know spiritual psychic or anything like that but i had like three different people within the course of a couple of weeks say are you doing a podcast when are you didn't do a podcast I, said, I feel like i should and then i had a guy reach out to me and said i could produce your podcast and i think you should do one and then i talked to david Icke's people and they're like you should we we have a platform for it and i'm like oh.
1: Okay, maybe I'll, awesome. maybe I'll
0: do it. So Dude, I'm telling you right now, you have the gift. I'm surprised yeah, you I don't know. have a podcast. Yeah, if us already. two <laughs> jackasses.
3: I'm surprised <laughs> it's not a thing already. If well, us
0: two jackasses have a podcast. It doesn't
3: make sense. For you not two to jackasses have one. are doing just fine because this has been a fun podcast. <laughs> this
2: has been one of my favorite ones to do because well, we thank like you very sit much. around thank you. and talk about this. I can, yeah. you know, I I love this shit. Yeah, you know, I love I these too. shows. I listen to these things. I mean, I you know, so many people are like, oh, you've done this show and that show. I'm like. The reason why I have been on those shows is because I listen to those shows all the time and then reached out to them and said, hey, I wrote a book. You want to have me on? They're like, fine. Most Actually, most of the people don't even get back to me, but some of them that do, the reason why I'm reaching out to them is because I'm a fan. I like it. I listen to all that stuff. I like higher side chats and tinfoil hat <laughs> yeah. podcast and, and all that stuff. Yeah, when
3: I reached out to Charlie too, his first response was fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's It's gonna go down as a classic moment to me. Yeah, if, uh,
2: anybody else you reach out to will be measured against that response. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great response. <laughs> and you go, well you go, Well, I'd love to have you on the show, but you know, I guess we you know, we can do it over Skype, you know, unless you happen to live in Denver. I'm like, I live in Denver. Yeah, that well, was awesome.
1: Okay, <laughs> let's do it. I'll
2: come and do it live in studio. More signs, yeah, speaking
3: of jackasses too. our next episode is uh with Wee Man, a jackass, so is it good. really, yep. Yeah.
2: I gave that guy. I served that guy cocktails when I worked when I bartended years and years ago at the beach. That's awesome. Awesome. That dude drank a ton and played pool like crazy. He's oh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, he's he a drink? talented
3: guy, man. His skateboarding skills too. blows oh, yeah. my mind.
2: You're gonna have him on? That's yeah, awesome. Right. On yeah.
3: Skype, uh, we, he's That's not cool. in the area, but yeah, we're gonna have yeah. him on. Still That's looking awesome. forward to it. Pumped. You know, it's gonna be fun. Little
2: fan. That'll be great. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank, Thank you. you very
3: much, Charlie. I got a bad feeling about this.
0: i